Coming up, what's been wrong with Quetzal Marte in 2022? And what should the D-backs do with their rotation in 2023? And so much more on today's Locked on Dimebacks podcast. <laughs> On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Mildred Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MildredThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just follow the Locked On Diamondbacks show account on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. I first want to start this podcast by talking a little bit, a little bit about Keta Marte. And there's struggles in 2022 because I've been trying to pinpoint the struggles of Keta Marte this season. And it's been very hard to do because it's been a very weird and up and down season by Keta Marte. But maybe this year is more of a microcosm of Keta Marte's entire career because, of course, us D-backs fans rate Keta Marte super high. He's our franchise savior. And there's been discussion this season about maybe the money and the famous Gante Keta Marte, but... I don't think that's true. Maybe what we've seen from Ketel Marte is who actually Ketel Marte is because throughout the majority of his career, he's been maybe more up and down than what we've realized because, of course, when we see MLB.com, MLB Network come out with those top 10 lists before the start of the season, Ketel Marte is basically in the top three for second baseman because he's been that good as an Arizona Dimeback, and I was super excited for him and this fan base and franchise when the D-backs decide to extend Ketel Marte, because I just thought that was a bargain of a deal, he's making basically around $15 million to age 34. And what we saw in 2019, what we saw last year in 2021, you're like, yo, this guy, Ketel Marte, is a legit star player. But if you basically look at Ketel Marte's last four years in D-backs uniform, since he was an MVP candidate in 2019, it's been a lot of up and down stuff for Ketel Marte and of course 2019 fourth in MVP voting a magical season for Marte 329 average 981 OPS 32 home runs 92 RBIs 10 stolen bases a fantastic year for Ketel Marte but there's a lot of outliers from that season with Ketel Marte in 144 games 32 home runs Ketel Marte has never had 15 home runs in a season outside of that 2019 year he's never had more than 59 RBIs in a season outside that 2019 year. There was a lot of outliers in 2019 that we haven't really seen um, Ketel Marte get back to. And I think in 2021, if he played a full season, it would have been the numbers would have been very similar to what he did in 2019 because in 2021, he had 14 home runs in just 90 games. He had a 318 average, over 900 OPS. I think 2019, Ketel Marte, in only the half season he played, looked just as good. In 2019, 2021, Ketel Marte in 2020, 2021, 
Keta Marte and 2019 Keta Marte were superstars. They were studs. They were guys that deserved the max contract, as you would say in NBA basketball terms. But 2020 Keta Marte, the pandemic shortened season, of course, very weird year. We were like, okay, how much stock should we put into this weird season for Ketel Marte? And really, a whole bunch of D-backs players that season because there was a lot of guys that really underperformed in 2020. And Ketel Marte was just another one of those guys. But he still had a 287 average in 2020. It wasn't like he was completely horrendous. He had a 732 um, OPS. That wasn't too good. Really, for Ketel Marte, he just had no power in 2020. And just in 45 games, he only had two home runs, 17 RBIs. He really just didn't do much at the plate in, 29th, in 2020 during the short season. And... You look at this season, 2022, just his overall stat line, 245 average, 735 OPS, 11 home runs, and 128 games. So really, feels like 2020 and 2022 feel like similar years, while 2019 and 2021 feel like similar years. Right now, the last four years, it's like every other season, Ketel Marte is either really good, looking like an MVP candidate, or just like a serviceable second baseman. And I really want to figure out why that is for Ketel Marte. So I've been looking at the splits of this year for Ketel Marte versus last year, and it's really hard to determine. One thing that stands out is his splits versus righties and lefties. Righties and lefties for Ketel Marte in 2019 against right-handed pitching, he batted 286 with 792 OPS. Against left-handed pitching, he batted 387 with 11 with a 1171 OPS. Uh, OPS over 1100 basically so crushed left-handed pitching was very good against right-handed pitching you look at 2022 against left-handed pitching a 298 average and an 856 OPS and against right-handed pitching a 225 average and a 691 OPS so maybe in terms of proportions he's still basically doing the same work against righties and lefties in 2022 as he was doing in 2021 if you do it on a proportionate basis because of course he's better against left-handed pitching as opposed to right-handed pitching but in both areas he took a major step back in 2022 as opposed to 2021 and, th and that's just because overall he's just not hitting the ball the same in the first half of the season if you remember April, March, Kenta Marte struggled heavily. He batted 146 with 467 OPS that first month of the season. And then he was really able to turn it up from May to July. He ended the first half of the year with a 271 average and an 812 OPS. But entering this series against the Dodgers, Kenta Marte in the second half, post-All-Star break, 199 average and a 599 OPS. Like, Anton Marte in the first half of the year actually ended with, like, All-Star level numbers, but now his numbers to end the year are going to look terrible because what he did in the second half of the season. And I think one area that has really stood out when you look at the splits is Ketel Marte with runners in scoring position. This used to be the most reliable guy the D-backs have had with runners in scoring position. If Ketel Marte stood up to the plate with men on, you felt like this guy was bringing home two RBIs. You felt like Ketel Marte himself was getting on base. But in 2022, in 2022, I just do not have the same faith and, and, and confidence for Ketel Marte to do that because runners in scoring position last season, 2021, 347 average. 1081 OPS with men on 357 average 1014 OPS but this season Ketel Marte with runners in scoring position 217 batting average 708 OPS with men on 231 average 663 OPS Ketel Marte is just not putting in work when he has men on the bases and 
maybe it's not all Ketel Marte's fault. Maybe he is running into a little bit of bad luck because, I mean, I look at the hard contact numbers. A lot of them are pretty much the same. Average exit, uh, his exit velocity is still around 90 miles per hour. His hard hit percentage is still above 40%. Like, his hard contact numbers are still right along with what he's been able to do with his career. I think when I look at the numbers, the things that stand out the most to me is his BABIP, his batting average on balls in play. His career BABIP is 313. Last year, it was 352. This season, it's only 282. He is not getting any luck when he hits balls in play. And then the other big thing that I think that has really stood out to me when I look at Keta Marte's profile this year versus last year is what he's done against the fastball. Keta Marte last year against the fastball, 364 batting average with a 338 expected batting average, a 606 slugging last year, a 572 expected slugging. He crushed the fastball in 2021. But this year, Keta Marte, 227 average and 232 expected batting average against a fastball, a 369 slugging, and a 352 expected slugging percentage against the fastball. So the fastball, he's totally cratered against it this year. And another pitch, because he sees the fastball more than any other pitch this season, and the pitch he sees the second most amount of times at the plate this year, the slider. And that's also an area he's taken a big step back. Last year against the slider, 276 average, with a 257 expected batting average and a 483 slugging with a 404 expected slugging percentage. But this year against the slider, 173 average and a 232 expected batting average. And then his slugging percentage, 253 slugging with a 323 expected slugging. The two pitches you see the most, fastball and slider, he crushed those pitches last year. They were the two pitches he saw the most last season. They're the two pitches he's seeing the most this season. But the difference is he is being taken advantage of by those two pitches. So Ketel Marte, hard contact numbers are pretty much the same. Contact percentages are pretty much the same. The strikeout numbers are the same, pretty close. The extra base hit percentage is pretty much along with the his career numbers walk percentage, strikeout percentage. A lot of Ketel Marte's numbers are right along with his career average, but runners in scoring position, he has not been that good. Against the fastball and slider, he has not been that good as well. So for Ketel Marte, a lot of his numbers, I think he can bounce back from. I think he's having a down year. I think he will regress to the mean next year, but he needs to get back in the lab and fix his struggles against the fastball and slider because if he can get back to being what he was in last year, Ketel Marte will get back to being an MVP candidate in 2023. Now, if you want to bet on Ketel Marte potentially winning the MVP in 2023, you need to head to betonline.net because betonline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts.
All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the Lock on Diamondbacks podcast. And now I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the rotation because, of course, the D-backs have this youth movement going on. We've seen the Dre Jamisons called up. We've seen the Ryan Nelsons called up. And, excuse me, I thought I was going to burp there. Okay, I did a little bit in my mouth. And I think this is not going to be the end of the youth movement from our pitchers for the rest of this year. And I think we should continue this movement, not just for the rest of this season, but why stop it this year? Why not carry this youth this youth movement from the end of 2022 and just carry it all the way through 2023? Because right now, when you look at the D-backs' potential rotation for 2023, we, of course, got Merrill Kelly. He seems to be pretty locked into that number two spot. Of course, Zach Allen, he should be our frontline number one starter next year, I guess. Madison Bumgarner's locked into a rotation spot too because he's getting paid $20 million a year next season. So he has to get a rotation spot. But after that, maybe Zach Davies comes back. I wouldn't be opposed to Zach Davies coming back. I like Davies a lot more than I like Madison Bumgarner. But the D-backs let him walk too. I wouldn't be surprised by that option. So really, the D-backs have three spots in the rotation locked up. Three spots in the rotation locked down. Merrill Kelly, Zach Allen, Mad Bum, and that's it. So it leads me to the question, why shouldn't the D-backs just continue their youth movement for next year? Because Zach Allen, he deserves 200 innings pitch, 32 starts. If Zach Allen can play a fully healthy season, we should let him pitch as much as he wants. Same with Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly's a workhorse. Merrill Kelly might get close or hit 200 innings pitch this season because that's the kind of guy he is. But after those two, a guy like Madison Bumgarner, he shouldn't be a full workload kind of a pitcher. If Madison Bumgarner is going to get, if he is going to get a spot on the rotation just because of his contract, then I don't think that means he has to pitch 150 plus innings. I don't think he that means he I don't think that means he has to make 32 starts. How about Madison Bumgarner just becomes a 15 to 18 start guy? Maybe get some long relief appearances in there. And you just put him as a rotation member, but not a full-time. Make him a part-time starting rotation member. And let's make it maybe a six-man rotation for the D-backs in 2023. Maybe let's get wild with this rotation. Merrill Kelly and Zach Allen are your two go-to frontline starters. They they will be in normal five-day rotations. And then you figure out four pitchers for your other three st- three spots to make those four pitchers rotate. Madison Bumgarner is one of those four pitchers. And then make the other three pitchers, Ryan Nelson, who we've already seen this year, Dre Jameson, who we've already seen this year. And you know who the third one's going to be? Brandon Fat, who is arguably the D-backs best minor league pitcher right now, having a really fantastic season in the minor leagues. You make those three along with Massive Bumgarner, and you fill out your rotation that way because I think the D-backs need this youth movement. They need to figure out which of these young pitchers can actually be long-term starters, or maybe they just become bullpen guys. Even a guy like Tommy Henry, I'm probably not putting him in my rotation next year, but he deserves to be on the major league roster next year, and he deserves to be getting long relief outings and maybe some high-leverage moments to see what Tommy Henry does. But for Ryan Nelson, Dre Jameson, and Brandon Fat, that's who I want to see as potential starters in this D-backs rotation next year. Ryan Nelson has already made Three starts on the major league level, and he's looked really good in all three of them. 18 innings pitch, a 1.47 ERA. He's given up three earned runs total, and that just came in the third start. 7.9 strikeouts per nine, 2.9 walks per nine. 
Um, he's been a very effective pitcher. The reason I love all three of these young guys, I'll start with Ryan Nelson first. 94.8 mile an hour fastball. He's also got the curveball, slider, changeup. Ryan Nelson is a pretty big guy too. He stands at six foot three, only 24 years of age. He's young, he's big, he's got mid-90s fastball. I like his profile a lot. We don't really have guys that could throw mid to upper 90s, so Ryan Nelson's one guy that could do it. And when you just look at how he pitches to guys against right-handed pitching, or excuse me, I saw left-handed pitching first since I have it pulled up on my graph, against left-handers, Ryan Nelson does a little bit more curveballs down, and uh, he, he does curveballs kind of down, um, down and kind of in the middle to left-handers, and he goes a more change-up approach. He likes to do a little bit more curveballs and change-ups down and away to left-handed pitchers, while to right-handed pitchers, he goes a little bit more um, curveball on slider away, doesn't really throw the change-up to right-handed or batters, I should say, not pitchers. He doesn't really throw change-up to right-handed batters too much, and then you look at the profile for Dre Jameson, he kind of does the same thing to both, kind of just away. He kind of does sinker in and slider away to both lefties and righties, but against um lefties, he likes to throw the changeup. He doesn't throw it against righties at all, but likes to throw it against lefties. But against both righties and lefties, he likes sinker in, slider away, and then just kind of peppers that fastball high in the zone. But we look at his pitching profile, also 96 he averages 96.3 miles per hour on his fastball, at least on his in his first start in the major league level. He averaged 96.3 miles per hour, also 94.8 mile per hour single ball pitcher, so he can get some ground balls. Both of these guys could be really high strikeout artists. Dre Jamison, 25 years old, both of these guys in their mid-20s. Now, Dre, he's a little bit shorter. He probably seems like a guy more prone to being in the bullpen as opposed to the rotation because even though he's six. He's six foot tall. He's only 165, so he's kind of thin. So he might be a guy that is just an electric reliever, comes in, throws 98, 99. You just let him throw gas, eighth inning, ninth inning. So maybe that's Dre Jameson's um, future with Ryan Nelson being more of a starter. But I also want to see Brandon Fat on the major league level because he's six foot four. He's 23 years old. He's got a four seam fastball and a two seam fastball. He's a guy that can hit around 97, 98 as well. Maybe Dre Jamison throws a little bit harder than he does. He's probably more in that Ryan Nelson camp. But this season, just an absolute phenomenal year for Brandon Fat in the minor leagues. He hit 200 strikeouts this season in the minor leagues, which I don't think has been done in a very long time. He did that in just 161 innings pitch as well. So Dre Jameson, Brandon Fat, and Ryan Nelson, all three of these guys, upper 90s fastball. All these guys, strikeout artists, pretty good command as well. All of them are over six foot, over six foot as well. So they're going to have some movement on their pitches, and they're going to be kind of intimidating, I think, when they're on the mound. So for next season, this needs to be a youth movement in the D-backs rotation. Put four guys in three rotation spots because I think you still have to throw massive Bumgarner in the rotation just because of his money contract. But if we could, if realistically, in dream scenario, you just make massive Bumgarner a long reliever, and you could and you trade him for pennies on the dollar if he starts the season well. But I just don't think that's realistic. So probably still got to start Madison Bumgarner. Start, uh, still got to start Madison Bumgarner some days. Probably got to make him a reliever some days as well. But definitely need Ryan Nelson, Brandon Fat, and Dre Jameson in my rotation next season.
Now I wanna to talk to you guys about LinkedIn Jobs because as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you wanna to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownmlb. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownmlb to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, let's uh, quickly talk about just the rest of the league. The Arizona Diamondbacks, hey. your team. My team. Uh, it seems like the playoffs are going through Arizona. <laughs> um, you were bringing that up earlier. Make your case why the Diamondbacks, the ability to beat or not beat the Diamondbacks could be the key if you want to be playing in October. Yeah, I've talked about this a lot on my podcast because first you had the Padres coming in. They just played us last week. They're playing us right now. They're destroying the D-backs, unfortunately, in that series. So they need to beat the D-backs to win the postseason, uh, to make the postseason and get that wild card because the D-backs also, the final series of the year is against the Milwaukee Brewers. So the D-backs are playing all the hot playoff teams right now in the wild card race. Really, the only two teams that matter right now in the wild card race, the Padres and the Brewers. So for both those teams, they have to beat the Diamondbacks if they want to make the postseason, which I think is also fascinating. And of course, I don't want the Padres to win an NL West rival. And also just for us D-backs fans personally, we're like within a couple games of the San Francisco Francisco Giants for third in the NOS. So if we can knock out the Padres from the wild card race and surpass the Giants for third in the NOS. I know that doesn't matter to anyone else but D-backs fans, but that would be a cool little story in there. No, I, 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 I totally get that. I totally get that. And hey, like, it seems every two minutes, there's another young pitcher yeah. who did okay, whether it was Ryan Nelson yeah. Whether it was Dre Jameson, mm-hmm. Dre Jameson pitched great the other day. Yeah, you know, there, there's a bunch of young pitchers who are on this team to go along with Zach Galen, who finally lost the other day. Um, Zach Davies is not exactly an old man. I mean, they have a halfway decent pitching staff, and if the Christian Walkers and the Cattell Martes uh, and the Alec Thomases of the world and the Dalton Varshows of the world can be consistent. They both, they've all had some decent days where they could be consistent. Um, I, I think this Diamondbacks team is one strategic veteran, you know, a veteran who may not be the superstar, but a strategic veteran to kind of put in to sort of solidify a spot in the lineup and a spot in the rotation and a spot in the bullpen. I guess that's three strategic veterans. They don't have to be the superstars. They can be those players who, like, you know, maybe a future manager who 
who has that kind of influence. It would not surprise me with this good young pitching and some of this young talent if the D-backs are, and I know we've talked about this already, but we're seeing some of this come to fruition, especially with the, the pitching coming up to the major leagues. Um, you know, maybe Bumgarner could become that strategic veteran. I know. Okay, that got a t- Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll see All about right, but, that. But, but you understand what I'm saying. I think this is yeah. a team that is a couple of people who have been there, done that away from – being an 87, 88 win team and being on the the wild card chase. They're not going to f- catch Los Angeles next year, but no. they could be, they could catch San Diego or Milwaukee. Yeah, I think they could be in the mix for a wild card. Honestly, I don't even think you have to touch the lineup or the rotation. Like, if you just ran back the rotation and lineup for next season, I think the, those two spots are good enough to maybe compete for the wild card. The biggest issue for this D-backs team, the one thing I need Mike Hazen to do this offseason is go in there and revamp, rebuild that bullpen. The bullpen is the biggest thing holding back this Dimebacks team. They haven't been able to figure out the closer position in the last few years. They have no high-leverage relievers. They basically have Mantiply and Kyle Nelson. Nelson is the only two guys you could trust in that bullpen. Gallon has been great this year. Merrill Kelly's going to be a top five, six Cy Young candidate as well. Davies has been solid. You got a bunch of young rookie pitchers performing well this season. You'll probably see two more debuts from rookie pitchers before the year ends. The lineup is loaded with young talent. Christian Walker has turned into a 30 home run guy. And Ketel Marte is having a super down year. So I'm super optimistic when it comes to the lineup and rotation for next year being good enough to compete. It's the bullpen. If Mike Hazen can never figure out that bullpen, if he can't get that turned around, then his D-backs team will never compete for the wild card spot because it's been their biggest drawback the last few years unfortunately how long is Bumgarner on the team how many more years he's got two more years on that deal and honestly everything i've said about Bumgarner, he needs to be dfa'd or turned into a long reliever because that's what i was about to suggest <laughs> yeah see if he could be a super reliever that's it that's see all he's if got he could, see if he could because he's, he's gonna make the money anyway become a super yeah. reliever I would. I just want him to have like a good two months to start the year next year, and then trade him for pennies on the dollar if he can. I just want him off this team so we don't have to throw him out there anymore. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll look at. um, Hey, hey, man. Hey, did it for another week. That's right. For another week. And guess what? Next time we we meet up, it'll be the fall. Oh. And it'll be late September, and there'll only be about maybe a dozen games left in the regular season, and then. You know, I mean, look at I, I have nothing against Cleveland, Chicago, or Minnesota. I want Cleveland to go on a losing streak and Chicago and Minnesota go on a winning streak so we could have an airtight AL Central battle down the stretch. Um, but Cleveland just is playing too well. <laughs> They're just playing too well. So um uh, we're gonna see what happens. But hey, Miller, tell people hey. where they can follow you. Hey, follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Follow Locked on Dimex both Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and we're on all your podcasting platforms. And let's hope the Padres go on a losing streak. Yes, sir. Yes, and uh, you can follow me. We can follow the show at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, you can follow me. I'm your pal Solomon at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Hey, anyone in Los Angeles area uh, wants a dining room table, I'm selling one. So Ooh. tweet at me at Sully Baseball. We'll make a deal. There you go. I'm selling my dining room table through my podcast. A new low, and this is coming from a man who did a Blue Chew read. Talking about the philosophy of the MVP and the races and what may be in the desert. Is it a mirage in the desert or is it an oasis? This has been the Locked On MLB Locked On Diamondbacks crossover for the 19th day of September. 
2022. I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. That call me Sully. That's Miller Thomas. Let's fist bump.